Hello and welcome to the Endgame Heroes weekly podcast with two best friends talking about movies, TV, and video games, episode 10. I'm your host, Jack, joined as always by my co-host, Kyle. Hi, hello, how are you? Good, good. And yeah, like I said, it's episode 10, so this is a pretty big milestone for us. I think a lot of people would have believed that we would have done two or three of these things and just been like, eh, we're fine. But uh, yeah, we're still trucking along and... You know, luckily, the, the type of stuff that we talk about is, you know, it's there's always something new. And when there's not, we actually have a breather to just talk about other things. And, you know, it's it's still very fun for me. So I hope it is for you, too. And, you know, uh, here's to another 10. Yeah. And uh, fun fact, a little behind the scenes stuff. We actually recorded an extra episode last week that we are kind of saving for a rainy day, um, you know, for whenever we do have to miss a miss a week. So we have that on the back burner. We're going to try and bank some more of those. Those topics will be like, you know, evergreen, just kind of us talking about things that we like, love or don't love, or just maybe just talking, who knows? So definitely have a lot of plans to make sure this keeps flowing smoothly. Exactly. Yeah. We want to make sure that we never like miss a week. We're, we're trying to get it to the point where we can have like consistent, like uploads, like time and dates and everything like that. Um, but just as we kind of like find that groove and figure out like a thing that like works out for the both of us, especially because like some of us are like having kids or whatever. So they've just got like really busy lives. So it's it's a little bit more of a jumble, but that's exactly why we wanted to record some side quest episodes that we're calling them and just bank them in the vault for those said rainy days. So like if there's like a doctor's appointment or like someone exists or like I get hit by a bus you know, just like any number of things that happen because like life sucks, then like, you know, we're good and we're, we, we'll have you covered. Yeah. That being um, said, we do have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, a lot of do. news topics, couple reviews going. Uh, we're going to save our movie reviews towards the end of the episode. Uh, we will be reviewing the Super Mario Brothers movie and Air. They'll both be spoiler free reviews. So you don't have to worry about any spoilers if you haven't seen the movies yet. But we do have a lot of news topics to talk about. But as always, you know, before we hop into the this week uh, in media culture, what have you been up to, Jack? Uh, you know, I actually just started up Octopath Traveler 2. Ah, nice. You today. mentioned that last week. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I've got two characters so far, so I'm only a couple hours in. But mm-hmm. uh, they made some changes to the systems like they've introduced new like path actions that you can take like during the day versus the night. So it like, it always changes. And then you've got like these like latent powers that build up across battles that you can use. It's really fun. And like, it just so gorgeous. So incredibly gorgeous. Yeah. That's uh, a franchise or art style in general that always delivers. And if I ever had the time to play that, which it's a switch game, you know, it definitely is easier for me to play those. So that's one I would like to play when maybe one day. Hey, you know, whenever the missus is in a 37 hour labor, you know, like right there, you know, you can bust out like eight chapters. Boom. Yeah, that would be something right there. I know uh, I saw this one like reel on Instagram the other day. It was like a, a wife in labor and her boyfriend was over in the corner with his PS5 and on the hospital TV just playing Call of Duty. Like, oh, God. <laughs> I've seen that too. Yeah. Was- oh, um, speaking of. 
things that we were doing. I, <laughs> I couldn't come up with a better way to segue that. So um, just another thing that I, I think is like relevant. Um, a lot of spring anime has just started. Mm-hmm. Um, so like a couple of notable standouts, Demon Slayer, uh, the Swordsmith Village arc just started. Is that first um, episode out already? Yes. And oh, it's cool. a long episode too. Ooh. It's like 50 episodes or okay. 50 minutes, not episodes. It's 50 minutes long. Um, and it is, it is like, you can see like the budget that you Audible put into this. Like it is cinematic in terms of like the scope and scale of the animation. Cause like Demon Slayer has always looked amazing, but like there's a very definitive di- difference between like the, any given season. And then like, the train arc movie, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is very much in line with like the train arc in terms of budget, Um, whether that is going to be like the entire season, which I don't imagine it'll be, um, or it was just because they like released this in like theaters to like kick things off a month ago. And that's probably why is what I'm thinking. Um, But like, yeah, they're they're swimming in money. A couple other noticeable standouts, Konosuba. We got some backstory on the explosion character, which is great. And, um, a new anime actually just started that's interesting, uh, Dead Mount Death Play, and it's a reverse isekai following a character that you wouldn't expect, and it looks like it might actually be pretty good. How about you? Anything? Um, so Star Wars Celebration happened last week, which we'll have you know plenty of news topics to talk about here soon, but because of Star Wars being on the brain, uh, I've been catching up on The Bad Batch. Uh, never finished that. I'm almost done with the first season. It's it's fine. I'm just honestly just getting through it because I know there are some important things that happen along the way. It's one of those mm-hmm. Star Wars commitment shows that I just kind of have to watch. Whereas like Star Wars Rebels, you know, I really enjoyed watching. But Clone Wars, for the most part, I was bored most of the time watching that show. Besides mm-hmm. some cool standout moments. Um, Clone Wars is a long show, too, where Rebels was only like four seasons. Clone Wars was seven and I watched, I think, Clone Wars over the course of like five weeks when I was out last year for surgery for my knee. So it was it was a struggle to get through because watching it back to back like that for so long, it really got repetitive. Yeah, but, yeah, that's one of those things like certain things are like you can kind of tell when something's made to come out like week over week versus something that's like meant to be binged. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so Ted Lasso, Mandalorian, all that stuff. I feel like uh, I haven't watched this week's Ted Lasso yet, but last week's, I feel like season three finally arrived. I think it was finally the episode I was waiting for because I hadn't really you know, been feeling the season too much. And episode four really felt like Ted Lasso was back. And I'm super excited to see where it goes from here. We enjoyed the the episode that we just had last night. Uh, the, the missus and I watched it. We, we, we've been enjoying this season. We like the episode. Good. Yeah, I, um, uh, I did see the Mario movie, which we'll talk about soon. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been doing. It's been nice weather here in Michigan, finally. Uh, today, it hit 80 degrees outside. I took my dog for a walk before we were started recording. So, finally, uh, spring has sprung. Nice. Glad to hear that for you. It's It's been nice for me for a while now, but I'm glad that, you know, the worst parts of the country are finally getting our table scraps. So, that's that's really cool to see. Hey, you Very know, happy you. like we talked about before we started recording, how much is your rent? And, uh yeah. <laughs> Listen, sir. Uh, okay. Like if we want to, if we want to go ahead and get specific, I could like, if I want, if we were to move back to Indiana with $20 pinned to our chest, we could afford a house. Just no questions asked versus here. You know, it's like, 
It's like, all right, we need 27 years worth of income proof. And then you also need to have a $5 million deposit <laughs> for a home that only costs $1 million, which by the way, that is the average um, asking price, like the average cost of just normal homes mm -hmm. in the area that I live in. A million dollars is the average. So I'll never own a home. And, you know, I've made my yeah. peace with that. Moving on, Star Wars we got some news so we had big like star wars celebration and uh the, the big standout thing for me was that we got our first trailer for the ahsoka show yeah do you want to wait to talk about the ahsoka trailer uh after the news segment because there is another trailer i would like to, like to talk about also uh we had, we had we had the marvels also oh yeah so. okay yeah okay. we'll save it we'll cool. save it um yeah so just in like more of the newsy stuff then uh james mangold is going to be doing a movie uh for dawn of the jedi uh james mangold he hasn't like directed a whole lot but he did ford versus ferrari and uh he also did logan yeah. pretty notably mm -hmm. um we've also got uh indiana jones and the dial of destiny coming up this summer so we'll have like another thing to see with them those are like the the really like i guess like notable ones from like his most previous works yeah. um so yeah that that'll That'll be something. Dawn yeah. of the Jedi. I, I like the idea of not following characters named Skywalker. Yeah, yeah it's you know, based 25,000 years before the first original Star Wars movie. So we are seeing the first Jedi, assumedly also the first Sith, probably. Very cool premise. Uh, James Mangold also in news this week will also be, be confirmed to be writing and directing the Swamp Thing movie for DCU. So James Mangold got a lot of love this past week. Um, Logan, I think, is one of the greatest superhero movies ever made. So I I have a lot of faith that he will do well with the Star Wars property and for uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah, that's actually something weird, too, because like there's another bit of news that I forgot to tag on there that we'll get to eventually. But like it, he's because like he's under the Star Wars umbrella, but he's also going to be doing stuff for DC. And mm -hmm. um, I guess like the sort of like the contractual things that they have over there of like hey you can't work for like a competing brand type of thing i guess yeah. that only like goes towards marvel not for like all of disney which yeah. is kind of cool to see mm -hmm. uh it'll be very interesting to see how that goes with like another story later but uh to keep in line with star wars dave filoni doing the new republic thoughts yeah so for those who don't know or who are in the know extremely well with Star Wars and all of its extra stuff, especially the cartoons. So Dave Filoni was essentially the student of George Lucas back in the day. George Lucas was kind of shepherding him to one day take over. So uh, Dave Filoni was behind the Clone Wars. He was one of the main producers for that show. He was the, the main uh, person behind Star Wars Rebels. He, he and John Favreau are responsible for The Mandalorian, for Ahsoka, Boba Fett, all those shows. Essentially, what Dave Filoni is doing here with the New Republic is it's set in the uh, in-between time of the original trilogy and the sequels, same time period as Mandalorian. Supposedly, what's going to happen is it's going to be kind of closing out all those shows together to where we're going to see you know a climax, assumedly with Grand Admiral Thrawn, which we will be talking about once we get to the Ahsoka trailer. Super excited about that. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Uh, we also have uh, confirmation that Daisy Ridley is going to be reprising the role of Rey for a sequel movie. Uh, I think the working title is New Jedi Order. 
Yeah, that's at least what they're the theme they're going for. And I liked Daisy. I thought she was good as Ray. I think the writing of Ray was pretty terrible, especially in the last movie they released. I could not stand how Rise of Skywalker, if that's what it's even called, I can't remember honestly, yeah. how it ended with her saying she's a Skywalker. Like that was just stupid. And I yeah, hope it they was, fix it. It was cringe. It yeah. was it was definitely cringe for me. And like yeah, I, I don't have like a whole lot to say about a lot of this Star Wars news right now, mm. just because it's just like, you know, it's just a lot of like, oh, this person is going to be like in charge and like things mm. like that. But like, I am a Star Wars fan, but you're definitely like a bigger yeah. sci-fi person than I am. Well, um, but yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with the Ray news. Like, I think that she's a very good actor that kind of just like honestly like every actor in like the new trilogy kind of got the short end of the stick just in terms of like that should have been like this omega awesome breakout thing that was gonna like spurn them on and i feel like i've really only seen like adam driver like really step into like a lot more roles and uh i I think um john boyega i've seen in a couple of things but like overall it seems like just because of like the really like negative atmosphere around the Star Wars trilogy, it, it seems like a lot of them were like not really stepping up, I guess, aside from like Oscar eyes. Okay, maybe it's just yeah. everyone except Daisy Ridley. So hopefully this does well for her. Yeah. Because she seems like a good person. And yeah, I feel like she just kind of got shafted by the writing and like sort of like the infighting that happened within that trilogy yeah. that she. They didn't have to do her like that. The sequel trilogy was just a mess. And I did hear way back in the day that Daisy Ridley has really bad anxiety with the pressure that comes along with Star Wars and the expectations from the fandom. Because let's face it, Star Wars fans are some of the worst fans out there as a fellow Star Wars fan. Like we're, it can be pretty bad out there. And you have, you know, original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels. Like there's just so much to either love or hate with Star Wars. You have like all these fans that are rampant. Yeah, interestingly enough, though, this is probably my least exciting project announced movie-wise. Um, they did announce that Charmaine Obeyed Chinoy is going to be directing it. I looked her up on IMDb. She's barely a director. She's mainly a producer. Um, biggest thing I saw her do recently was she directed two episodes from Miss Marvel, the Disney Plus show. Um, oh, okay. And it was the two episodes where she was going back to, in time or whatever that was to India. Um, so... Well, well shot episodes. Um, they were some of the weaker narrative episodes, but well made episodes. And then quickly touching on the other three things announced from Celebration that are really just tidbits. Um, Star Wars Visions was announced for a second season. That's the uh, weird like one offs uh, that they are doing that are not canon, I guess. Some are anime episodes, some are other cartoons. It's just more like uh, every different creator has a different idea and they're letting them run with it. Uh, so cool idea. Um, there, there's some really cool anime from the first season that you probably like, Jack. Yeah, no, that's definitely more up my like interest alley, just in terms of like the news that we've got so far. Yeah, that's interesting. Then so then Tales of the Jedi got a second season announcement, which I really liked. Tales of the Jedi the first season, they were like mini episodes, but the animation was excellent, and they focused on Ahsoka and um, Count Dooku. So we got some like Qui-Gon Jinn as an apprentice for Count Dooku, like some story Um, and Ahsoka, like how she was like born and like how she was trained a little bit by Anakin that wasn't shown from the Clone Wars. So like you can watch the whole show in like 45 minutes. It's oh, wow. okay, it's really nothing, but it's it's actually worth the watch. And then the bad the bad batch, which I mentioned I'm watching earlier, was an officially announced 
the third and final season is officially in development, uh, should be out, you know, sometime next year, which, you know, like I said earlier, I'm watching the bad batch now because I heard the way season two ends. I should probably watch it. Mm, Interesting. We've also got, um, news. We might've touched on it before, but like, we've gotten like sort of like a more like firm, uh, sort of like declaration that Andor season two is like mm. currently in development. And like, I'm, I might be wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw something quoted that like, it was going to be happening like this fall, um, which like, I haven't finished Andor yet. There's just so many things on our backlog, but we absolutely are going to finish it just because like, I've seen the reviews. I haven't been spoiled on or anything, but right. I, I know how good it is. So like, we're going to make our way back, but like, I don't know. I guess just like in recent years, there's only so much sci-fi that I can take in a sitting before I'm just like, like I just kind of like phase out. I'm definitely more of the the fantasy person mm-hmm. uh, versus the sci-fi, uh, which is hilarious because I play Destiny. But yeah, um, definitely excited that Andor like us. I guess ends in a way that leaves the door open for a season two. So yeah, I'll be excited to get there eventually. Well, and we know, like, just from the idea of Andor, is Andor is leading to the rise of the rebellion and leading to Star Wars Rogue One, which we both have been on record saying that's one of our favorite Star Wars projects ever. It's a it's a great movie, and Cassie and Andor, you know, from that was great. Uh, there will be like a five year time skip, I think they said between seasons one and two. So I'll be curious to see how they approach that with no spoilers there to the show. But I am excited for more Andor. That show only gets better as the season progresses. And the last couple episodes specifically are some of the best Star Wars ever made. Mm, Yeah, very excited. We'll have to get through that. We just we've just got there's the problem with our and this will be a very quick tangent because we've (laughs) still got a lot of stuff to talk about. But, like, one of the biggest problems with, like, being a fan of, like, the type of medium that we are fans of is that, like, it used to be, like, growing up and, like, all through, like, high school and early adulthood, like, there wasn't that much. Mm -hmm. Like, you could watch and consume every single bit of media, no problem. It wasn't hard. Whereas now it is impossible. Like, you were just drowning in, like, streaming services that have exclusive rights to things. We, and we're drowning and it's like, oh, do you like Star Wars? Well, instead of just getting like a trilogy over the course of a decade, here's 80 billion things that you need to follow. And it's all releasing within a four month period. Like, obviously, I'm exaggerating, but like that is kind of how it feels. And whenever you have all of these giant juggernauts of properties, both like known and new, it is it is so hard to like keep up with them. So like it's. It's not that I'm like checked out or like not interested in the Star Wars things, um, but just like like something's got to give. Right. Yeah. Like eventually something has to like be put on the back burner for a little while. And like, obviously, I'm going to make my way back to it just because like I have to be caught up on Star Wars things like when like a movie comes out or mm-hmm. like whatever it is. But it, it's just so hard between everything that we've got, like and especially with like a lot of the news that we have today, it really just gives an example of like, oh, man, yeah, there are so many things. Yeah. But, and you, uh, and with Star Wars specifically, you have to watch all of it to understand yeah. it. Like Clone Wars, seven seasons, Rebels, four seasons. Guess what? For Ahsoka, you have to watch 11 seasons of a show to understand it, as well as all nine movies. Like, yeah, it's well, a, and like, it's a and lot. like. 
And even like with like the Mandalorian, like with Bo-Katan and things like that, mm-hmm. like there's just so many characters that are introduced in like this thing that you think isn't going to be important or like is just geared towards kids, but it actually is going to have ramifications moving forward for the like most popular show that they have. Like it just all of these yeah. types of things. It's it's wild. But, yeah. So uh, I think, is there anything else you want to add on to the Star Wars before we move on? I think that's about it. Honestly, we'll we'll see where we go from here. Um I know we have a lot of other news to talk about, so we do. So moving on, watch because we're recording this when we are watch tomorrow. They just like drop a bunch of trailers or like a big announcement like this person is doing this or like starring in that. And then we'll just miss it by a week. I feel like today, like literally like up to like 30 minutes before we went live, like there was more news dropping like today. HBO dropped like seven pieces of information on like eight different properties. So. They did. Um, yeah. So I guess if we want to move over into like some of the more like not even just movies, but like a lot of like movies and like home box office type Ooh. of topics. Uh, James Mangold that we mentioned earlier, he is now confirmed to be writing and directing DC's Swamp Thing. Yeah, which we um, assumed already, but now he officially confirmed it while he was at Star Wars Celebration. So. Yeah, so that that's the big thing is that it's like confirmed and also like again it's like it's like it's it's good that he's doing that just in terms of oh I'm glad that like Disney is loosening the reins a little bit just being you know like it cuz like if you're in Marvel then that you can't do DC you can't mm-hmm. do like these Amazon things like that's literally in everyone involves contract that like you have to exclusively be there which is going to be something interesting in like, I guess we can just insert it now. Yeah. Um, James Gunn and uh, just recently, like, put out the announcement that they have cast the Creature Commandos voice actors. Um, a couple of the, like, the big, like, standout one that, like, I bring up because of that is David Harbour is mm-hmm. going to be voicing, I want to say off the top of my head, like, Rick Flagg Sr.? Uh, that's that Fr- Frank Grillo is going to be. Frank Grillo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Frank Grillo was Crossbones in the MCU and came out about a that's week a, ago saying that's a great bet. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he's a great actor and he was very underutilized. He said he signed like a seven movie deal originally to Disney for that character and they barely used him at all. So I think yeah. him going to DC, he was pretty vocal about it. Like he's just kind of like, whatever, I'll, I'll give DC a shot with James Gunn. So yeah, Frank Grillo is playing Rick flag senior. We got Rick flag junior in the suicide squad movie, as well as the original suicide squad suicide squad movie with david yeah. ayer um another big one that i'm a huge fan of alan tudyk yeah. uh, is going to be in there as dr phosphorus mm-hmm. um i i don't care what it, the property is i want more alan tudyk in virtually anything like mm-hmm. you could never put alan tudyk in something and like i would never be upset by it you know like it would always be a happy surprise just because he is so funny and charismatic mm-hmm. and like also just like a really good voice actor. So that was a really good get for them. And it also opens the door just because we know that they're like, Hey, like if you're voicing, like if you're a character in the DCU, you're everything about that character, whether it's voice work acting on the big screen. Um, So like all of these people that have been announced, these are like, Oh, okay. These are going to be people that like, you know, they, they might have some other opportunities that come up later, not just in this show, but like in the DCU as a whole. Um, returning persons, we've got, uh, John, uh, Economos from Peacemaker, 
um, the beard die job <laughs> character, um, just sort of like bringing them in. Uh, Sean Gunn, of course, is Weasel, um, some other characters. Uh, but yeah, David Harbour is going to be yeah. in there. And now I don't know what character he is because I thought it was uh, something else. Well, it's- but just the, just the yeah. fact that we've got him in there is very interesting because he plays the Red Guardian in Marvel. And we know that he's going to be in like, you know, Marvel's Thunderbolts movie. Like that's, he's in the promotional stuff for that. Like we know that's happening. So I don't know if like, maybe they got like a deal because it hasn't like come out yet, but he's already been that character or maybe because it's only a voice. Like maybe it's like, uh, okay, we'll let you do the voice, but like you can never appear like on screen or like maybe his character has to get like murked. Like there's a lot of different options, obviously, but like I'm honestly surprised by how like quote unquote lenient Marvel seems to be by allowing this to happen at all. Yeah. uh, Which is something, but like obviously good, but like kind of weird. Maybe they'll pull like a Suicide Squad in the Thunderbolts and have someone die right away, and it's David Harbor. Yeah, no, yeah. I, it, it, that takes me back, dude. The Suicide Squad, the the James Gunn one, mm-hmm. man, what a ride! What a the, ride that was. The, the first fifteen minutes, like, really throw you through a loop. They really do, and like, just so many good cameos too. Mm-hmm. Like, you had a. Uh, uh, what was it? Nathan Fillion, Pete oh, yeah. Davidson, yeah. like just so many funny characters. And like, uh, I always forget Michael his Rooker. name. Michael Rooker. Thank you. Yeah. Like just so many fun, like actors and like, just, yeah, that, that movie, that was a ride. We, it, it took us a while, but we finally got there. Yep. Um, the super Mario movie. I guess we could save this news for last. And we'll, I'll use that as a nice little segue. So moving on. <laughs> HBO Max is or H is it HBO Max? Yes. HBO Go. Uh, Go HBO was what Max it used to be called, and there was HBO Now. Then we got HBO Max, and now okay. we're not having that at all. <laughs> yeah. So HBO Max and Discover Plus Ultra, whatever they call it, uh, they're going to be combining into one app, and it's just going to be called Max. Yep. So, so hope hope to whatever pagan deities you pray to that this is the last time we're going to have to have a conversation about which HBO app is like relevant or what the name is and just let it be Max. Uh, yeah. We also got some like just light info. It's going to be com- rolling out in May and it's going to be between like 16 to 20 ish dollars a month. Yeah. Uh, which I'm pretty sure is about what HBO Max is already. Yeah, I so get it for free with AT and T with my cell phone, so I'm not exactly sure. I think it's like 15 bucks. There is an ad version. Also, they're going to have as an option for 10 dollars a month. Um, Discovery Plus is actually a pretty cool service. Um, we did a free trial of it because like it has all of the Food Network stuff and like HGTV. So like oh. my, my wife got in a really big like period where she just wanted to watch like diners, drive-ins, and dives. So like we just did a month of that for you know the, the trial or whatever, and it's it's a good service. So adding these things to HBO essentially are pretty cool. So you're telling me that the Discovery app has like all of like Property Brothers yes. and like House Hunters yes. and like all of. Oh my guy. Like, all right. You know what? I'm all for it now. I'm not going <laughs> to get the app right now. Cause obviously they're combining, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely going to keep my max subscription mm-hmm. and I'm going to have all of that to binge through because let me tell you, I get down with some Jonathan <laughs> and Drew Scott right now. I'll tell you that right now. I would have never guessed that for you. 
Really? Would you not have? Oh, dude, I I binged the heck out of some Property Brothers and like all of their shows. Like they had like Property Brothers and Brother versus Brother. Like they have so many shows. I'm I'm into all of them. I love watching home renovations. So, and like so basically, so Jack's going to start a Property Brothers podcast on the side now. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. It, we're going to be reviewing every single episode. It's going to be great. It's just going to be me. No one else. I'm just going to talk into the void. Um, but yeah, so HBO, like that Max thing is going to be coming in May. So if you have either of those apps, I imagine you'll be getting some warnings and pop ups and like, hey, you're going to get like grandfathered in. But yeah, um, in more HBO news, uh, very quickly, they've officially announced a 10 year commitment to the Harry Potter news that we had talked about previously. Um, so that's happening, not necessarily 10 seasons, just 10 years. Um, apparently we're going to have, uh, Tom Felton repri- not reprising, but he'll be rejoining the cast as Lucius Malfoy yeah, that, that, um, from the original. Yeah. That hasn't been confirmed yet, but there, there was a, before the announcement today, there was a huge report that came out with basically the full cast list. It's been confirmed all the kids and stuff, but Tom Felton was the one returning character. And as we assumed, um, J.K. Rowling is getting the executive producer title on the show. So just to throw uh, that out there. But yeah, we talked to death about you know Harry Potter about a week or two ago. So that's pretty much it there. Yeah, just like officially announced, like it's definitely happening now. That's the news. Um, last bit of HBO news. Uh, we've got uh, the Night of the Seven Kingdoms colon the Hedge Knight. That has been announced as like our next Game of Thrones spinoff, which is I actually did a little bit of light Googling and uh, Night of the Seven Kingdoms. It's uh, got a few like novellas from George R. R. Martin set in there. So mm. those are the Hedge Knight, the Sworn Sword and the Mystery Knight. Um, and so this looks to be the first of those novellas. So. Depending on how it does, I imagine we're going to get two more and we know what they'll be when that happens. Spoilers. Um, and, you know, if you had if you had told me that this was happening a year ago, I would have been like I I was with like Harry Potter. You know, I would have just been so checked out and angry and just like just like, why do we need this? Don't bury it into the ground like it's it's dead. Let, let it lie. But then House of the Dragon came out yep. and like they came out real strong and they're like, no, 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 no. We're still HBO. We still know what we're doing. And it's like. So now seeing this news, I'm just like, yeah. all right, HBO, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what you do with the hedge night. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Honestly, yeah. I, I just want more House of the Dragon. Yeah, but. just real quick. And I will be as vague as possible so to avoid spoilers. But that finale of the House of the Dragon in the rain. And you know what I'm mm. talking about? Oh, my God. That scene oh, yeah. was so awesome. I remember when the the show finally ended, like the very last scene that happened where they were talking and like it cuts to black. And then like my wife and I both were just like F word, like how <laughs> long are we going to have to wait for the next season? And we're looking at it and it's like, oh, it's probably like two years out minimum. And it's like, oh, that really yeah. hurts. They are actually, I did see today or yesterday, they started filming season two of that like today or yesterday. So we have a ways still. We probably have a solid year and a half to two years before it's done in post-production. So it's going to be a hot minute. Yeah. Uh, speaking but, of wrapping you know filming. Or speaking of filming, I should say the boys season four did wrap their filming today um, so that that should be coming hopefully by end of the year, if not early next year. It's April. Um, 
when did when did season three? Let's take a, a look. Summer show at last the year. Boys, uh, season premieres. I feel like they've just been keeping it going, like at the same time every time. But I don't know for sure. So the first season was July 2019, and then the second season was September 4th, 2020. The third was June 2022. Which makes sense uh, for COVID. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, I would imagine like fall winter probably. Yeah. yeah. Unless they like just just decide to push it to like early next year, which I feel like they could do and it would be fine. Yeah. Um yeah, no, I'm excited for that. I love the boys. It's uh yeah. very violent and gritty and uh commentary of our real world and people are relating to Homelander a lot more than they should be, but yeah. um you know, yeah, but, it's it's still a great series. Between that and Invincible, um, Amazon's got some good stuff going there. So They do, and they've got new stuff coming out, like, all the time, too. So, like, it's always good. Invincible, I'm pretty sure, is, like, officially for sure coming out this, like, fall or winter, too. Is it? I can't remember if it was this year or next year. I know they announced when it's coming, and I was sad when they announced when it was coming because it was further away than I wanted it to be. But I, it could be tomorrow, and I'd still be sad. I want it now. Yeah, it's it's for sure coming out this year, uh, 2023, 23. Yeah, 2023. <laughs> That's the year that it currently is. It is coming out this year. It's going to be in the back half of it, um, but we are going to have that coming out. So you'd imagine it's that probably gives us an idea of where the boys is probably going to fit just mm-hmm. because I, I feel like those are two like tentpole shows that they would want to make sure aren't like cannibalizing each other for viewership. Yeah. So like. It'll probably be after Invincible just because I can't imagine they're going to be able to get through all of their like post-production and editing and everything like that beforehand, just because like, otherwise they're just going to work these people to death. Yep. So I think that probably next year, I think that makes sense, you know, and that I think it wraps up all of our news topics that I have written down. Unless if I miss something, actually, well, Uh your, your, your beautiful segue. Uh, yeah, I was going to make a segue. What were we going to segue to? I'll let you find it. Were we going to segue to the Marvels? No, uh, but I actually, it doesn't really work here anyway, because it's Mario related and that's still later. So, oh yeah. Okay. Uh, which do we want to tackle first? The trailer or the news? Let's, let's, let's knock out the trailer just to have that. So we can end the episode with our reviews. Cause I feel like that will be the most of us just kind of talking for a minute. Um, okay, but cool. we did get two big trailers for the week. It was a much lighter week than the previous. Uh, the big two being Ahsoka and the Marvels. So since we already talked about Star Wars from Celebration, let's talk about Ahsoka. Um, as you not being the biggest current Star Wars fan, like you said, what did Ahsoka do for you? Uh, it got me excited. I really like Rosario Dawson, and I really liked her as Ahsoka whenever we saw her in like either mandalorian or boba fett wherever we saw her last both was it really both um yeah she was in mandalorian season two by herself then she was in the book of boba fett for aka mandalorian season two and a half um that's right with with luke skywalker so yeah she's been in both yeah i'm really happy to see like it looks good like the, the everything about that looks cool like whenever you have like these like alien alien type of characters it's always just like okay you're gonna have to like put some money and effort into like the the prosthetics and everything like make it look good and i think it looks good yeah um 
I'm excited to see more Jedi Sith fighting. That's always something cool. Um, Ahsoka is a pretty cool character from like what I remember watching of like the Clone Wars TV show and things like that. I haven't like fully watched all of that um, or like Rebels, but like, I mean, she was like a cool character. So I'm excited to see like what she's doing with these like white sabers. Yeah, um, for sure. Season seven of the Clone Wars, which was the Disney Plus finish to the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. was really good for Ahsoka. And then, yes, definitely Rebels for Ahsoka was very good, too. Yeah. So that's like, I'm I'm excited for it. The, the, my take on, I think, Star Wars is very much like polarized in the sense that a lot of the times for like movie news, I'm just kind of checked out. But then for the TV news, I like or at least like sort of like the bigger like live action TV news, I'm like much more in tune with like Mandalorian, Boba Fett, and like the, these things I'm more interested in. Um, yeah. So Ahsoka is something that I'm like, I'm, my wife and I are both like excited for. Yeah. We're, we're ready for it. Did you see the casting for the show? Because there's a couple people in the show specifically I think you'll be excited about. Oh, uh, let's take a look. One is a returning character from the Clone Wars. He's reprising his voice from that. And the other is returning from Star Wars Rebels. Well, I I see a couple that I'm pretty excited for. Hayden Christensen yeah. is the first thing that came up. So there are rumors for that show, specifically in Star Wars Rebels towards the end. I'll try not to spoil much, but there's a place called The World Between Worlds. And essentially what that is, is a spot that exists outside of time that views all time in current, past, and present. And Ezra finds a way to manipulate that, and Ahsoka is involved. And the rumors before the show was officially like revealed was Ahsoka goes to the world between worlds, and they kind of teasing, are teasing that in this trailer. So what might happen is we might get to see a live-action Ahsoka versus Darth Vader fight. We might get to see a alternate reality of the Mustafar fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan. There are so many possibilities with this show, and it could be really cool. Interesting. I also see that we're getting, um, uh, this is probably one that you have absolutely no interest about, but um, Wes Chatham is going to be in this show. It looks like he's fully accredited with like all eight episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, He plays a character named Amos in The Expanse, which is on Amazon. Uh, which I hold to this day as the best piece of sci-fi like television that we've ever gotten Mm. just in terms of um, like it's realistic. Like there's actual science behind like the math of like, Oh, how does space travel work? And like, how does like acceleration and deceleration, like just all of the nitty gritty science stuff that you typically don't think about and is just like washed away in most sci-fi they actually go into. And it's like actually important to like the plot. And it's also just like a really good show. The entire series is wrapped. It started on sci-fi, but it was too expensive and they had to sell it. And then Amazon was like, we have money. And like, (laughs) it's, it's a fan favorite. It's a very good show. If you want like, I want to say like six seasons worth of really fun binge TV show. Check out the expanse. It's all on there. I'm assuming then too, if you like that, which is not related to it, but similar in my eyes, did you, or were you a fan of fringe back in the day? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Anna Torv. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So it's uh yeah it's uh yeah this is cool. I'm the, excited. For the it. other two actors coming for this that are interesting to me, David Tennant is showing up as a robot named Huyang, which is a robot from from Star Wars: Clone Wars. Cool to see him back. Mm-hmm. Not a huge deal, but I love David Tennant. I'm sure you do as well. He's my Same. personal favorite doctor still. Um, but the big announcement from Celebration for the show was Lars Mikkelsen is returning as Grand Admiral Thrawn. So he played him in Star Wars Rebels, and he is playing him in live action also, which is very cool. Grand Admiral Thrawn is a huge Star Wars character. Back when the books were a thing, there was a book in the 90s called Heir to the Empire, which is what seems like the Dave Filoni movie is going to be about after these shows are wrapping up because they even reference that Thrawn is the heir to the empire in this trailer. So very excited to see where they go for that. But that's really the, all the rebels cameos were great. Sabine, you know, uh, you have chopper, you have uh, Hera showing up and their live action counterparts. Dave Filoni actually voices chopper, which is pretty funny. The little droid. Hmm. So I, I'm super stoked for Ahsoka comes out in August. So can't wait for that. Um, oh, that's soon. Yeah, that's very really soon. soon. Um, Can't wait. And I'm not entirely sure where this is going to get inserted, but we made a slight whoops and totally forgot the Marvels trailer just because our notes were kind of scattered about. But we still have the Marvels trailer to go over. So, Kyle, top level thoughts. The Marvels yeah, trailer. It was fun. Uh, it, it definitely had a lighthearted tone. Miss Marvel, the show, I thought was pretty good, but. Specifically, the character of Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, the actress playing her was great. And seeing her in this, I still thought she was great. And I think the dynamics will be fun to see. Um, my biggest question mark, we talked last week about Secret Invasion's trailer, how we think this might be sunsetting Nick Fury. Well, this movie comes out after Secret Invasion, and Nick Fury is mm. very much in this trailer. So my question for you is, does it take place after Secret Invasion or before? I think it takes place before because at the end of the Ms. Marvel show is where we see that first jump or like swap between Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel. Mm -hmm. So you'd assume that the movie just picks up right from where that was. Mm -hmm. Um, Another option that may be a thing which I don't know if it would like entirely make sense just because like, if you're going to keep using the same actor, then like, what's the point of like killing off a character? Um, But like, depending on where this fits, then that could be like a scroll Nick Fury because we've already seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, but like that could be something that we see and maybe we have like that scroll, like retire Nick Fury. So like maybe if Nick Fury does like kind of get sunset or killed or whatever, Um, And then like that scroll, maybe like that would be like the last performance by Samuel L. Jackson. And then maybe the scroll will like take on another shape or something like that for reasons that they could explain. Um, But I would imagine it takes place before Secret Invasion. It's just if that is the case, I I just wish that they would have released it before the show. I don't like it whenever they release things out of order chronologically like that. Yeah. Like some things, if it's like a super major prequel, obviously like Captain America or Captain Marvel, those make sense. But like if it's a matter of like five months or between Ant-Man, these yeah. two Basically, projects. Ant-Man and the Wasp, right? Like that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, whenever it's a course of just like four or five months, it's like, could, could we not have figured out some sort of like scheduling solution that was better than this? Yeah. And but, I, I think also too, I agree. I think it's before secret invasion. Also like look at how well 
put Nick Fury is in this trailer and how yeah. distraught and like how overgrown his beard is secret invasion. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely like a very like haggard, very tired Nick Fury, a very tired Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. He's tired of these snakes on his plane and oh, yeah. he's getting to a breaking point, I feel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely echo a lot of your sentiment. I think the trailer looks good. Um, I I think it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. It's kind of like a it's not quite this because like they're physically trading places but it gives me sort of like a freaky friday yeah. or like a trading spaces vibe like of just like oh it's going to be like a revolving door of fish out of water yeah. what kind of hijinks are these characters going to get in um i also really like the chemistry it was only a little bit but like the chemistry that we saw between like brie larson and iman balani and um uh, I can't remember the actress's name, but Monica Rambo. Yeah. Like I liked them all interacting together with each other. Um, so I, I, I very much want to see more of that. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it has potential and also the kittens like, come on, man, yeah. that's adorable. More goose. Let's go. Yeah. I think it, it should be a fun time at least. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we have three movies this year for MCU. You know, we had Ant-Man Quantumania, we have guardians three and we have this, so it's not a huge year for Marvel movies, which is, I think is a good thing. Let's slow them down. Like we said, we'll see mm-hmm. what happens. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's uh, it's worth our time uh, a little bit more than Ant-Man was because, you know, a couple months removed from Ant-Man, it, it isn't sitting super well with most people. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting too, because like this one, obviously the, it looks like there's going to be a good amount of earth stuff, but it also looks like there's going to be a decent amount of space stuff too. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this year for like the Marvel movies has very much been like a, like a very spacey theme. Like obviously like the quantum verse isn't space, but it's like that. Yeah. I, like because like we talked about it like it's literally marvel star wars um and then you know we've got guardians which is space and then this one which is going to have a lot of space so we'll see yeah we'll see how things look i think effect wise everything that i saw in the trailer i thought looked promising yeah um i didn't see anything that was just like egregious so i'm i'm very hopeful um you know you you know we don't know how long it takes for them to make like super big like top-down changes whenever they have these like changes in like business strategies or leadership or like okay it's like how long is it going to be before we see like better effects and things like that but um you hope that this is long enough and that we'll get that just because like the first uh captain marvel movie i want to say broke a billion dollars worldwide um so it'd be pretty cool if like the follow-up could like maybe they won't break that much but like, I want it to be good. You know, I, yeah. I want it to be successful. I, I, I don't want any of these things to be bad. Yeah. That was like leading up to Endgame though. And that was like peak Marvel. So I don't yeah. think it'll hit that high, especially post COVID. Plus, you know, that movie was heavy on the nineties nostalgia, you know, like the blockbuster stuff, all that. So I, I'm here for it. I think it's good. November seems far away for that movie, but you know, it, it should be fine. We'll have secret invasion. We'll have guardians. We'll have Loki. It should be fine. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much covers it right there. We've got Guardians in May, and then we've got these three TV shows to essentially tie this over through fall and then late fall, early winter. Boom, the Marvels. Yeah. Thanksgiving movie right there. Yeah, yeah, it should be good. So uh, now back to your regular scheduled programming. Teehee. Next bit of news, uh, the Super Mario movie 
just had the biggest animated movie opening ever to date, which is just insane that we can break records for anything box office wise post COVID. (laughs) Um, But it made $377 million worldwide and uh, 146.3 something million just domestically here in the United States over Mm -hmm. the weekend. Obviously, you know, Easter weekend, a lot of people go see movies Mm -hmm. around those like holiday weekends. So this is like good to see, but uh, yeah, they made a lot of money and which is interesting because it's, you know, not to surprise, I think to anyone it's, it's got a 57 rotten score on rotten tomatoes, but 96 audience Mm -hmm. score, which I think, you know, that doesn't surprise me or shock me at all in the slightest. Yeah, that was also a little bit inflated, too, because the movie released on Wednesday. So that was a five day spread as opposed to the typical two or three day you know, spread for the weekend. So it did help a little bit there. But even without Wednesday, Thursday, that probably still would have been bigger than Frozen 2, which was previously the biggest animated opening of all time. Yeah. Oh, also keep in mind, um, the domestic number I gave that was for just the three day, the five day for it uh, domestically. It was one hundred and seventy two point eight three million. So the five day was even bigger, but domestically three days. Yeah, like one hundred and forty six. Like that thing slapped. They killed. Yeah, it it was a did really well at the box office. I'm, I'm not surprised that it did well. I am a little bit surprised it did that well. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad to see it, though. I, you know, unfortunately, I'm really uh, so I would be what you'd call incredibly stupid. <laughs> um, And so whenever we recorded the last episode, we're like, yeah, we'll both see Mario. But by the time we record this next one so we can review it, um, I didn't see like the dates that I was going to be able to see this movie. Um, I can't see it until this weekend because my wife was out of town and we're going to see it this coming Sunday, along with a couple of other movies throughout the weekend. So I did not have the chance to to watch it just because of that. But uh, you did. Yes, so I did. We're going to let we're going to let you take front and center here for our first review being the spoiler free Super Mario Bros movie review. Yeah, and I think it works out for the better that you didn't see it, honestly, because if you did, we would probably do like a spoiler discussion. And this week had so much news. We didn't really have time for that anyway. So it kind of works out in our favor because you still have air to review next. But for me, Super Mario Brothers, you know, quick beforehand, I have grown up a Nintendo fan. I There's a picture of me as a child, as a baby infant in my dad's lap while he's playing the original on, on the RN, NES back in like 1989. So like I grew up with Mario. I've loved Mario always. I'm not the biggest Mario like game fan. Like I would much prefer like Zelda or like Metroid over Mario. But Mario's great. A um, couple things about this movie. Uh, up front, I would give it a 7 out of 10, which is good. Um I would agree with the critics in some regards. Um, it is definitely a made for kids movie first. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is illumination, which isn't super surprising. Um, there are tons of Easter eggs for the people who've been lifelong fans, but overall it is definitely geared towards kids. The plot is serviceable at best, but it's a very light things move very fast. And I found myself enjoying the movie that most when there wasn't the plot going, it was just the movie having fun and the action and whatever going with it. 
Um, I will stay as vague as possible to not spoil or spoil anything for you specifically uh, or our listeners at home. But I, I really did have a good time with it. Okay. How was the voice acting? So I, I have a couple notes on that. So to me, voice acting was good overall. There were a couple okay. standouts and a couple that were just fine. Um, the big two standouts for me were Seth Rogen and Jack Black. So that's Donkey okay. Kong and, and Bowser. Seth Rogen, to me, stole the show. As soon as he came on screen, that movie got instantly better. Um, about halfway through, probably, he comes in. And that mm-hmm. back half is way better because of the Kongs in general and the, the what they brought. And then Jack Black killed it. Um, I don't know if you've been able to avoid the uh, the Peaches song on Twitter the last couple of days. But, uh, yeah, that's all I'll say about that. I have no idea what you're talking it's about, good. so I'm assuming I've avoided it. Yeah, it's good to try to because it's I ha- I had it spoiled for me at least that the idea of something I got have a visual before I saw the movie. So um, the score was excellent. Mario has great music, always has. My one of my complaints for the movie, and honestly, it was enough to where without this change or with this change, I probably would have gave it an eight out for over the seven. But the score was fantastic. But they chose to use about three or four real world songs that just oh, took me out of the experience completely. Mm-hmm. And they didn't like the, fit. Yeah I, yeah. I remember seeing that. Like they had like some 80s songs playing yeah, for it specifically, rather than like in game yeah. music. Yeah, I won't. Spo- I, actually, I won't say the name of any titles just because spoiler free. But yeah, if they did not have those songs, I probably would have given it an eight over seven. It was that much of a takeaway for me. Um, mm. Chris Pratt was fine. Um, they do a thing in the beginning to where they show like what it would be like if we got the real Mario voice and mm-hmm. it was good, but I wouldn't have wanted that for an hour and a half. So like, yeah, Chris Pratt's more reserved Mario actually worked. Um, Charlie Day's Luigi was good. I really liked Peach as a character. Um, I liked what they did with her. Um, yeah, that's beautiful visuals. Um, honestly, it was one of the best looking animated movies I've ever seen. So mm. okay. it, it was, cool. it was, it was very, it was good. I, I do want to watch it one mm-hmm. more time, you know, once it comes out on like Blu-ray and I'll probably buy it that way. We can watch it like with my daughter as she grows up because I do want to like incorporate at least the fundamentals of Mario into her because I feel like with us, you know, growing up on with the basic Nintendo, Super Nintendo, like you learn and you evolve with the games and Mario is so fundamental to the history of video games I, I don't want her to miss that out or miss out on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, like you're going to have to make this kid a nerd. 100%. Yeah, like, yeah. Th- like if she wants to go outside and play, you're just going to have to sit her down and be like, no, you don't get to go outside and play until you beat this boss. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's how it's going to be. Like she has to, she has to understand her roots and where she comes from as a, yeah. as a human. Yeah. So like my, <laughs> okay. like I'm a big nerd, obviously. Um, and my wife, grew, yeah. My, yeah, right. My wife grew up playing video games as, as a kid also, but she, you know, we, we do a lot of things outdoors. We go on a lot of walks and hikes and stuff like that. So if it, we're going to have to try and balance her a little bit between the naturey stuff and my nerdy stuff to keep her normal a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. But overall, seven out of 10, I like the movie. I, I think you will too. Yeah, no, I'm Definitely excited. see it I'm... on the big screen if you can. Yeah, definitely excited to go see it this weekend um, in theaters. And yeah, no, it's it's I'm glad that, you know, if you're like just you as a fan of Mario in general is saying that it's like a good time uh, that helps, I think, like alleviate some of the 
like uneasiness that the missus was having about like seeing the rotten score and being like, oh, God, this is going to be like a, just a trash movie. Um, but I'm glad to see that it's definitely just like a disconnect between like clear fans of like the franchise or even just games in general versus like, yeah. you know, people that have literally like what's a video game. So yeah. that's cool. I mean, and they're, um, they're truly catering it towards the kids like so much. So before the movie, before the even like movie trailer started, I saw two different Nintendo switch ads talking about Mario and Zelda. So like, they're, they know what they're doing with this movie. They're trying to get the kids to buy the games, which is why they made this movie. Not only will they make money off the movie, they will sell more Switches. They will sell more Mario games. After watching this movie, guess what I almost did? Bought another Switch? Almost bought a Mario game that I didn't have already. Like, I was going to... Oh, okay. I, I played Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U and really liked it. And it's on, three, it's on the Switch now. And I was like, man, I should play that. No, I'm not going to spend $60 on a Mario game that I've already played. Like, Nintendo knows what they're doing, and they almost got me. Almost. Okay, so here's my question. This this will be, like, the closeout for the Mario talk. Is this movie going to be the start of what I and no one else, you heard it here first, am, am dubbing and branding as the NCU? <laughs> Is this going to be the start of the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. So what I think they will do, and there nothing has been confirmed in this movie or outside of things. Um, sure. other, there, there are two post-credit scenes. Um, okay, two. Um, yeah, there is the mid and then there is a post. The post is setting things up for the future in some fashion. Um, they have not announced what that is. But yes, there will definitely at least be something moving forward. That being said, I think a Donkey Kong movie is imminent. I think we, mm. we are definitely getting that. Um, I don't know what they'll do outside of the Super Mario world because, like, Donkey Kong's a part of that. Yoshi's a part of that. There's a lot of characters they could do within that realm. As far as, like, Zelda, Kirby, Metroid, I don't know when we get that. I think we could, and we could get that Super Smash Brothers hype, like, MCU-type Avengers Endgame level thing maybe one day. But with how much money this movie is making and is going to make, there is no way... I would assume we get these annually moving forward. Ooh, interesting. Like Mario specifically or just like Nintendo properties? N Nintendo properties in the theater in a shared world. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll see what happens. Um, uh, Is is the Avengers equivalent of the Nintendo universe just going to be Smash Brothers? <laughs> that's what I'm, I mean, that's what like, just me, just me, right? I, I've thought of this first, you know, it just me. Right. Um, that's what I think. Okay. We're going to have to we're going to have to get fluent in our Japanese and make our way out there so that we can like have some meetings with, uh, <laughs> you know, with some some high up folks at uh, at Nintendo, because yeah. like clearly they have no idea no. what they're doing. They don't know that they could like market it this way and like make this extended universe. They need the endgame heroes. Yes, they to do guide their hand mm -hmm. and make sure that this works and pay us a bunch of money. It was really nice seeing Shigeru Miyamoto's name first in this movie it oh was that's great that's so cool. he's obviously executive producer but like creator worked on mario from the inception you know he there's so many things he's done over the years for nintendo and gaming as a whole that there is no one in the gaming industry more respected than miyamoto yeah no that's that's sick well that's awesome all right cool mario movie go see it yeah then you saw air over the weekend right 
I did, yes. And like, funnily enough, I saw that movie because my wife didn't really have an interest in it off of the previews. So like while she was gone, it's like, yeah, if you want to like go see air or something like that, because like I had to like refund our Mario tickets and like push it a week and everything like that. So it's like, okay, yeah, I'll go see air. It'll be great. And then I'm sitting there, I'm watching this movie and like, like once we finally got to the end, I remember thinking to myself, oh, gosh, dang it, man. I'm going to have to watch this movie a second time with the misses because this is absolutely a really good movie. And like we specifically, we try to watch movies that we think are going to be like big Oscar contenders in one Mm. way, shape or form or another. And this is going to be that a hundred percent. Like it's, this is a, this is a good movie. This is good borderline. Great. Um, I'm not sure where I I come down on the scale just yet. I'll probably make a decision as I talk about it and like really like rethink it. But yeah, so it's like the, the retelling of like, you know, basketball way back in like the, I want to say like the eighties at this point, like before Michael Jordan signed on to play as a rookie. Um, yeah. So that would have been the eighties. Um, and you know, the, the company Nike, you know, were really like, they were successful for like running shoes, but they were like super not successful at all for basketball yeah, shoes. Chuck, Chuck Taylor had that locked down, right? Yeah, Converse. That was like that was the brand, and right behind them were Adidas, which was is German based. Um, and like Nike was just like a pitiful third, if even third. Uh, but uh, so this is like the story essentially of how like Nike, like essentially like very wrongly, but it worked out for them in this case. Put all of their eggs into one proverbial basket, uh, and they like like okay, how do we sign Michael Jordan to like wear our shoes exclusively? It's like, okay, we're going to break a lot of rules and build a shoe specifically around him and like all of these other things. And it's just like the story of how they they signed Mike and like how the Air Jordans became a thing and just, you know, absolutely set the world on fire, like shoe collectors and like connoisseurs the world over. Like any any person that like would describe themselves as like, you know, like a shoe enthusiast has at least a pair of Jordans, Mm -hmm. you know, like they're Sonata. You don't even have to be a fan of basketball to like see a pair of Jordans be like, yo, those are sick and like to have them. But I've owned some Jordans uh, in my day. Yeah. So like, you know, you've got uh, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. um, Those are definitely uh, Viola Davis. Those are like the three biggest like standout um, actors in this movie um, playing as like our, our main characters. You also have like Jason Bateman in it, which was cool. I like to see Jason Bateman and things. Um, yeah, the movie was really good. Like the characters actually had depth to them. They weren't just like one dimensional there to service like the plot. Like you could really feel like each of these characters had lives and, you know, had flaws as individuals. Um, the writing was good. The pacing I thought was really good. Um, I, and you never see Michael in the movie. Like, like sometimes you'll see like the back of his head or anything or something like that. But it's never like you never see someone cast as Michael Jordan. It's much more focused on like the business around his name uh, more so, which I think is actually good just so that we don't get taken out of the movie with a character like that. Um, But yeah, I thought it was really well done. Um, Really good uh, makeup and wardrobe, which, you know, you, you always expect with period pieces like this, which it's kind of crazy to think of the 80s as like really kind of fitting that period piece era now, which definitely makes me feel like I've aged 20 decades just 
over the course of this conversation. But yeah, um, I thought it was a really good movie. I would probably, I would probably give it like a, a, a hard seven soft eight. So like if you're into, uh, shoes or basketball or just like the type of movies that really go into sort of like the, the dramatized storytelling of like how a thing happened, then it's easily an eight for you. Um, if you're just a fan of movies in general, um, then I would say that this is still easily a seven, like good movie. Um, but if you have any ties to like Michael Jordan, basketball, Air Jordans, um, or yeah, just like, and when I say like period pieces, like I'm, I'm thinking things like, um, like Spotlight, um, I'm thinking like Argo, uh, the big short, like these are three very different movies from each other, but they, they all are, you know, that type of story. If you're into any of those, definitely go see this movie. It was good. It's in theaters. Um, it's actually produced. I'm pretty sure by the studio that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, like jointly opened together. And it was like, I'm pretty sure like published or marketed by Amazon. So it'll be on Amazon soon if you can't see it in theaters. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be one to keep your eyes on come uh, Oscar time, whether it's for Viola Davis or uh, Matt Damon. I think he gave like a really good performance. Um, we might, maybe we'll see like a nod for Ben Affleck, but Matt Damon is really like the standout yeah. one for me out of did, this movie, uh, especially with like a speech that he gives at one point. Did Ben Affleck direct this? He did. Yeah. This is, this is also one that he directed. He's only directed a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. And like at the end, like whenever the credits are playing, you're seeing like some like archived footage and like archived photos of like the actual people that were there and it like really helps to put in line it's like man they really did a good job with like the like the the hair and makeup and wardrobe like these they got these people to look very similar to a lot of these like are the actual people that were involved and it was really cool i enjoyed it yeah i i think once it comes out it's like home release i'll, I'll definitely give it a watch because you know not to discredit Ben Affleck's directing ability, he won an Oscar for Best Director for Argo. So he knows what he's doing behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, I, I like Matt Damon. Whenever they work together, they seem to do really well. And Viola Davis is one of the best you know, modern actors that we have today. So I definitely want to see it. Yeah, no, it was it was a sick movie. And and yeah, I mean, like Argo, that like that's one of my favorite movies, I think, of all time. Like that was, it was just such a good movie. I love those types of films. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I, I'm pretty sure he had like a directed movie that kind of flopped in between. But like this one is definitely more true to form of in line with Argo. I think Argo is better, but I do think that this is still a really good movie and definitely something that like like obviously if you direct something of this magnitude clearly you're a somebody in the industry but like if ben affleck weren't ben affleck and he directed this movie this would be something that would put him on the map in terms of like oh he's gonna be just fine (laughs) like he's gonna he's gonna be able to find work like let alone the fact that he's you know ben affleck but if he weren't if he were just a rando that had done this uh you know the world's his oyster at this point yeah um it's it was very good my favorite Ben Affleck uh, directed movie is The Town, which he also starred in. I love The Town. Town is good. I, I, yeah, I'd still definitely give it to Argo, but I think that's just taste. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But yeah. So uh, so that about wraps up all of our movie news, reviews, all the trailers. Again, another week with uh, with no video game talk. Sorry there. Um, we, we did record something last week that will be out at some point that was all video games. So you have that to look forward to when it drops. Um, what are you looking forward to this next week? I know you have Mario coming up this weekend. Um, you got some anime going. What else? Yeah, so aside from just, like, getting caught up on things and, like, with anime and things like that, um, this weekend, in addition to Mario, I'm also seeing uh, Suzume this Friday night, which is the new Makoto Shinkai movie. Um, Mm. So Makoto Shinkai famously, like, most notably, I guess, um, has done Your Name and also Weathering With You, and this is his third, like, really big, like, cinematic release. Uh, very exciting. If you haven't seen those movies, you should see them because they are phenomenal. Uh, and already right now, the reviews for Suzume, it's sitting at a 94%. So it's reviewing very well. Very good. Um, this is, yeah, if if you like just like anime, whether like culturally or, you know, just like the, the type of films that he puts out, like he puts out bangers. You know, he doesn't he doesn't miss um, whether it, his works are to your taste or not is entirely a different matter, just because like a lot of his stuff like kind of runs the gamut in terms of like whether it's like a big actiony thing or like a, a much more like down to like just like a character piece or like something that's good, like really sad that it'll make you just like not feel very good after watching it like seven centimeters per minute or second or whatever it was on Netflix um, but yeah, seeing that Friday and then Saturday, we're going to go see Renfield, Ooh, which yeah. is the, the Nicholas Holt, Nicholas Cage movie. That one's sitting closer to like a 61% <laughs> right now. Um, but it is, I don't care. Like I, I want to see this movie. It looks like it's going to be fun. I don't, I don't need this to be good. I just want it to be fun. And that's what and, it looks like it's going to be. Yeah. And like, honestly, like because yeah i agree that's it looks like it's gonna be fun and like a part of me is kind of sad that the unbearable weight of massive talent came out last year and it couldn't come out like next year just because like i feel like this is probably gonna give them a lot of ammunition to work with just with like the whole dracula thing with nick cage but those are like i think like the big three things that we've got like coming up on the horizon or those move like this big movie weekend for me how about you um you know, I, I don't have a ton on the horizon, you know, watching the normal stuff. Still Ted Lasso is the Mandalorian. Like I said earlier, Bad Batch, I'm going to try and catch up on just to kind of knock it out at this point. Um, per our conversation last week that ended our show, um, I have not played more Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, I actually am hard on the God of War train. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Please finish this game. Yeah, so um, I, I put a good amount of time for me in this past week. Um, I'm over halfway now, so I'm okay. definitely getting so further you, into the story. So you said you put in a good amount of time for you. So you put in like 20 minutes? About five hours, six hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. That is pretty I mean, good for you. Yeah, the PlayStation's back in the living room now, so it's a little bit more accessible to me to kind of play in the shorter bursts. Uh, last night I was, I, I told myself I'm just going to beeline this through the main plot, but then I get to, I mean, I was in Midgard last night, no spoilers for the game. I did finish the, uh, the story that place that took place there. And I was like, I'm going to side quest for a bit just because that game is so good. You have to, 
Yeah, you really have to. The side quests, and like some of those side quests have ramifications for like the overall plot, but thank yeah. Odin that you're finally playing this game again. Like, yeah. gee. Yeah, so, I mean, and I, I got to see, you know, more Odin and stuff, you know, based off of where I'm at. I'm chapter-wise, I want to say in like chapter 9 or 10. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that helps you at all without spoiling anything for the listeners who haven't played. But It would have definitely helped back in like November. Now it's, so, it's more fuzzy just in terms of like chapters going where in the game but if you're about halfway that i i have an idea if you like finished up some midgard stuff i have an idea of where you are yeah like i, I did some stuff in the place that i won't say and then went to midgard with kratos and okay yeah yeah okay so that, that's okay, where i'm yeah. at and i think uh i think i'll have it beat in a week or two at, at the pace i'm going i think it's about a 30 hour game uh roughly maybe 40 if you do a, like a hundred percent which i probably won't do that much but i will you know do the fair amount of side quests that was like i spent an hour just collecting armor last night in a side quest that like was like blue because i had a previous set that was red that i didn't like so i was like hey this set's blue i like blue do you have the the raven armor um i had like the poison red armor that you get earlier in the game from like oh, okay. the, the swampland area Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tears armor set was what I was getting last night. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Well, that's cool. I'm yeah. glad you're playing. Yeah. So uh, should should be good for there. Um, no movie tickets have been bought. I think the next movie I'll probably see in theaters will be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. No, so, go see go see Suzume. Go, I, go see. Yeah. It. I, I I don't know. I, I have I, you seen your name? I have not. So okay. Do me a favor. Watch mm, your name. If you don't. Like, buy it, whatever you have to do. If you don't like it, I will Venmo you however much it costs because I'm that confident that you're going to enjoy it. Okay. It's such a good movie. I, if I like your name, then I'll try and squeeze it in. But, yeah, like this weekend, like like I mentioned in the big top of this episode, weather is beautiful in Michigan right now, so going to take full advantage of that. So uh, next week cools back down a bit, so maybe, you know, I'll, I'll stay in and play some video games then. But, yeah. That's pretty much what I've got going on. We we had a you know a doctor's appointment today, and we're getting closer to that due date. So, you know, keeping busy with that. So we'll I'll try and pepper things in where I can to keep up with the uh, the modern stuff here. Okay. Well, I think that just about wraps it up for today. Yeah. So I'm shocked. Guess- it's been an hour and six minutes, and we got through all of that news and two reviews. I'm proud of us. Yeah, I mean, I really had to hold myself back and yeah. just not, you know, tangent all <laughs> yeah. over the place. What I would like but, to do uh, for our yeah. listeners here is I, I did this yesterday because I was talking to a guy at work and I was showing him our podcast and I showed him like our theme music from our most recent episode. And then the audio started playing for a second. He's like, oh, your audio sounds good. I'm like, yeah, watch this. And then I showed him our first episode. I'm like, yeah, this sucked. <laughs> Like so that was literally just two months ago. So audio is, you know, obviously much better. It could always improve more, but I think in general, we, we definitely have gotten, you know, more used to doing this and are finding our voices. So, you know, if you think that listeners at home, please tell us that we're, you know, doing better or what, what can we do to make it better for you guys at home to listen to? Because, you know, we're open to feedback. Constructive feedback. Yes. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Positive vibes only here. Okay. Let's be nice. Yeah. But awesome. Well, I think then in that case, I've been Jack. And I'm Kyle. 
And this is your episode 10 of the Endgame Heroes podcast. Be sure to check us out. Uh, Same bat time, same bat channel next week, folks. See you next week, guys. Peace.